PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another podcast of EM board bombs, where we tell you about hashtag EM life as well as board knowledge. I'm Blake Briggs, co-host, co-founder of EM Board Bombs. Now, Dr. Hussein will not be joining us today for this special video podcast. You can think of this as a as a soft opening or a silent opening, whatever it's called. We're still working out some of the issues and multimedia hurdles of doing video podcasting, but we're really excited to bring you yet another form of medical education here, another multimedia substantive form, right? However, Iltvat will not be joining us today because he is building his own podcast studio. Of course, he goes all out all the time. So he has a contractor hired being flown in from out of the country here to help him with his new podcast studio. He has Jayco involved touring, you know, the site, making sure that there'll be no open containers anywhere, of course. And then he has, of course, union boss involved because we are blue collar podcast, right? And then he has an artist being flown in from, I think, Latvia or Estonia, one of those two countries that's helping with murals and paintings. So it'll be you know, really up to date here, state of the art facility. It's going to be utterly fantastic. So we're looking forward for Iltafat to have this facility and joining us in the near future. Now, for every ten to fifteen minute episode of EM Board Bombs, remember that you always gain high yield board knowledge. Come for the stems, stay for the content, as we like to say. So let's dive into this episode. You have a forty-seven year old male arriving to your ED with right eye vision loss. He states he has had floaters earlier today in his right eye and then had a sudden onset of complete vision loss of the right eye while at a cookout. He states he doesn't have an eye doctor, but he attempted to reach out to Twitter to Dr. Glaukenflecken via DMs, snuck into his DMs. You tell him that Dr. G is indeed a real ophthalmologist, but he does not take Twitter consults, at least not yet. The patient states that he was unable to reach Dr. Glaukenflecken, But he did watch some of those parodies, several of the videos that parody life in emergency medicine, and he proceeds to ask you about how many Red Bulls you've consumed today, or monsters, or bangs, whatever they're called. I don't drink those, actually. He is also confused while you are wearing a bicycle helmet. If you're, you know, where is that bicycle helmet? You're not wearing it. And if you've been recently mountain biking this morning, you are ashamed to admit the truth to him of multiple statements, maybe all of them. (laughs) He does have reactive pupils, however, and normal extraocular eye movements. Now, his visual acuity is 2030 in the left eye and sensitivity to light only in the affected eye, the right eye. He denies any history of trauma. What is the best next step here? Choice A, ophthalmology consult. Choice B, fluorescent staining. Choice C, CT head. Choice D, orbital ultrasound. Hopefully you thought of that answer here, but before we go over the correct answer, we do have to talk about EM Rapid Bombs, our premium podcast. For each two to four minutes, you will gain high yield board knowledge. And the way we do this is we make sure that we're covering coaching and tell you how that question is going to ask certain parts of what you need to know for the test. Meaning, hey, this is certain answer choices. Here's why they're wrong, but here's how in the future how the test could really ask about this subject. Nothing else in EM education is doing that. We are the only question bank podcast. We have residency group discounts and attending group discounts. Pretty awesome stuff. If you want to get in on that, let us know. And it's a unique opportunity to be part of EM Rapid Bombs. You can subscribe to EM Rapid Bombs at emrapidbombs.supercast.com. 
All right, so correct answer here is choice D, retinal detachment here. Orbital ultrasound is the answer. The retina is a layer of neurons that line the posterior wall, the posterior chamber of the eye. Hope I didn't lose anybody yet. A detachment occurs when this layer separates from the underlying epithelium, resulting in ischemia and progressive vision loss. Scary stuff here if it's untreated. This is like the truest form of an ocular emergency that you'll encounter in the ED. Now, the risk factors include advanced age, male sex, you know, 60% of the time are males, and myopia. Direct trauma is the most common ideology in young patients, but in other ages, you've got to think about connective tissue disorders, diabetes, etc. Now, the chief complaints are not very helpful here. We're thinking flashes of light, sudden floaters, curtain drawn over vision. That's the most classic example here, like a curtain coming down or this black line of vision coming over. Now, here's the problem, though. There are two other major eye conditions that cause very similar complaints, vitreous hemorrhage and a posterior vitreous detachment. Again, I hope I didn't lose anybody. I feel like every sentence I'm saying I'm losing people because like, oh no, I don't want to learn this. It's simple stuff though, stay with me. Vitreous hemorrhage is bleeding into the vitreous body and it can be traumatic or non-traumatic. Majority of cases are non-traumatic. They're managed conservatively. They're not a true eye emergency, but they can definitely cause floaters, flashers, that sort of thing. Sometimes vision changes. You gotta have follow-up with these patients about two to four weeks with an eye doctor. Now, sometimes the retinal detachment itself can cause an associated vitreous hemorrhage. And if that's the case, of course, you're going to address the vitreous hemorrhage. Or if it's due to trauma, you will address the underlying cause of, you know, why did this vitreous hemorrhage happen, basically. Now, a posterior vitreous detachment is when the posterior vitreous capsule detaches from the retina. This is really similar to a retinal detachment. In fact, they're really difficult to tell apart sometimes and almost impossible to tell apart just on the history and physical alone. It's an age-related pathology, however, the posterior vitreous detachment. It doesn't require emergent intervention, but it may lead to a retinal detachment in the future. And patients need to closely follow up with ophthalmology. But it's almost impossible, again, to tell the difference between these three based on a simple eye exam. So what do we do here? What can we use? Well, thankfully, we have this thing called ultrasound, not chat GDP, if some of you were thinking that, or AI, open AI. We're talking about ultrasound, bedside ultrasonography, which is fantastic. Yours truly can do it. Yours truly meaning all emergency physicians. And it provides a valuable tool that's been used for decades by ophthalmologists. It's really simple. If you can do ultrasound guided IVs, you can easily do orbital ultrasounds. Now, how are you going to do this? You want to use a linear probe. Now, that's the probe you use for IVs. It provides the most optimal resolution here. Now on the ultrasound settings, you wanna choose the quote unquote superficial or small parts preset. Try to avoid uh, selecting testicular as your small parts because patients will look at that and wonder where the probe has been. <laughs> and it's gonna provide the best visualization of the globe. You'll want to avoid putting pressure on the eye with your probe. So hold the probe with the thumb and index finger and rest the remainder of your hand on the bony structures of the face. That'll allow a lot less pressure going into the eye and a lot more comfort for your patient. You'll wanna pan through the globe in both the transverse and longitudinal axes with transverse being a little more important here. Now, bedside ocular ultrasound can reveal what's the scariest thing, right? The retinal attachment? Well, here's the official ophthalmology documentation. Serpentine hyperechoic membrane that appears tethered to the optic disc posteriorly with hyperechoic material underneath. <laughs> That's how you have to document this. I'm just joking. <laughs> These findings are consistent with retinal attachment. So basically, if you have this serpentine membrane or a squiggly line that's into the vitreous, that's concerning retinal attachment. Now, what are the other mimickers of you know, retinal attachment, what we talked about earlier? Well, vitreous hemorrhage, thankfully, looks very different. It's a low-amplitude hyperechoic area inside the vitreous chamber. 
whatever that means. Basically, it means that there's some stuff inside that black vitreous chamber. In the ultrasound, you can turn up the gain sometimes to really catch this and see that there's a bunch of mobile membranes inside the vitreous chamber, and it differentiates from the retinal detachment by not adhering at all to the posterior wall, to the optic disc. When the patient moves the eye, these membranes will move inside the vitreous chamber as one document I read somewhere called it swaying seaweed. <laughs> Interesting. Now, a posterior vitreous detachment is a freely mobile hyperechoic membrane that swirls away from the optic disc with movement of the eye. Now, this finding differs from a retinal detachment in that it, quote, crosses the midline. This is very important. That's because the optic disc is in the midline, right? And when you look at the optic nerve, you can see the optic disc right there at the posterior wall. And the posterior vitreous detachment is not going to adhere to this at all. It's very difficult sometimes to differentiate retinal from vitreous detachment depending on the angle of visualization. However, the retina will always remain attached at the optic disc. And this is because the retina is continuous with the optic sheath, whereas the vitreous body is not. Very important here. Now, importantly, to differentiate between a retinal and vitreous detachment here, the optic nerve must be visualized. If you see the optic nerve and you see a detachment and it's not attaching to the optic disc, that's a posterior vitreous detachment. Now, ultrasound can also distinguish between MAC-ON and MAC-OFF detachments. If the retina is still attached to the macula, that's a MAC-ON, and central vision is preserved, and emergent repair is gonna be essential before it progresses to a MAC-OFF retinal attachment. Now, how good are emergency physicians at this? I just rambled on about ultrasound findings. I was pretty nerdy. There's a lot of prospective studies here. They're all really good. They suggest that emergency doctors with simple training, just walking through this exam here, they're really good. Multiple different emergency department studies, prospective studies, randomized controlled studies, and they all found that point-of-care ultrasonography demonstrated an overall sensitivity of like 97% and a specificity of 88% for the diagnosis of retinal attachment, which is pretty awesome. It's also 80% or so sensitive and specific for vitreous hemorrhage and 42% sensitive, 96% specific for vitreous detachment. None of that stuff really matters. The most important one here, of course, is the retinal detachment. Very important here because we don't want to miss that. Now, what's your next step? Now, you're going to do an emergent ophthalmology consultation, and that's what's going to happen. You're going to call them. You're going to say, hey, I got a retinal attachment. If you got the ultrasound image, you can text that to them and show them, hey, this is what I got. Look what I found here. And 99% of the time, ophthalmology will say either one or two things. One, hey, I'll take them to the operating room right now. Or two, I can see them as soon as possible within 24 hours, which is also acceptable too for the majority of cases for patients here. But always remember to advocate for your patients. This is still an ocular emergency. And if there's any doubt to your exam finding, you know, obviously encourage them to come to the ED to do their own exam or, you know, again, send them your picture of your ultrasound, which really speaks volumes. I do that personally. I send them a screenshot of the ultrasound with no patient identifiers, of course, of what I have. And they say, oh, yeah, that's a retinal attachment. Or, yeah, that could be a posterior vitreous attachment, vice versa, whatever. But the most important takeaway here is going to be the fact that the history and physical exam are not helpful here. They're going to have vision loss, visual field disturbances and visual acuity disturbances. But the most important thing here is that the ultrasound is the key answer here. You do a bedside ultrasound, you find one of three things, vitreous hemorrhage, posterior vitreous detachment, or retinal detachment. And that's gonna give you the answer. All right, remember to subscribe to Rapid Bombs. That is our premium podcast. You can find it in the podcast link below right here or in our video link below if you're watching this video. And thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll hopefully have Viltafat on here and have a full show here, grand opening as we call it, of the Borbomb Multimedia Video 
podcast platform. Remember, you can subscribe to EM Rapid Bombs at emrapidbombs.supercast.com. Again, that's emrapidbombs.supercast.com. We'll see you next time.